Like a Thunder Money Ball! Okay. First try, guys. As Steven Adams would say, <laughs> first try. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that time he made that first three in the preseason and then never shot another one again in his whole life? <laughs> yeah. That was, yes. He was playing with our emotions when that happened. Because we, we <laughs> talked like, oh, I bet you Steven Adams can step out and shoot threes this year. And then the very first possession of a preseason game, we're like, yeah, it's happening. Hot and take. then he didn't shoot another three until that New Orleans game. <laughs> Hot take. He, he, will make, he will make three three-pointers. No, ten three-pointers this season with the Memphis Grizzlies. Ten? Hot take. Here we go. That is a very... That is like... Ten is the spiciest of all spice. That is the bomb levels of hot take right there. <laughs> By the way, uh, someone brought a bottle of the bomb into my work office and oh, people have slowly piece. been destroying themselves with it. Mm, not me. That's the one that I will not try. We had, uh, we, I know that I will get nothing from it. We have, uh, there's these two. I love these guys, but they are just ridiculously stupid when it comes to spice stuff. Uh, they brought in the same day they brought in the bomb. They brought in this like extreme ghost pepper jerky and they literally ate oh, both wow. things like a stick of jerky and like an actual full dollop of the bomb. One of them actually had to go home. Like he had to go home. He could not like he was in severe pain. Oh gosh. <laughs> for many hours. I'm not, I I'm not going to do that to you. Yeah. Yeah. The bomb, if you think about it is kind of brilliant because it is insanely popular and mainly because of hot ones, but it's been around a long time and people want to try it because it's so bad. I mean, that's kind of brilliant if you think have about you ever it. Like heard how many of, products out there? Have you ever heard of a drink called Malort? No. Malort? Malort. Malort. It's the exact it's the exact same thing. Uh it's a it's a liquor that exists and is produced purely for the purpose of saying, Hey, you should try this, and then watching them try it. That's the only reason it exists. <laughs> it is it is from what I've been told, like one of the worst uh, like sensory experiences you can ever have. So no. you heard it here first on whatever episode this is that a for our hundredth live episode, uh, <laughs> we're going to we take, <laughs> take car bombs of Malort and <laughs> DeBomb. <laughs> yeah. I, I may not show up to work that day, guys. You guys may have to do the, the pot on your own. I, I, if I told one of my friends at work to do that, I bet I could convince him to do it. I literally think I could purely for the memes. Yeah. Maybe in my younger years, you know, when I was a uh, wide eyed and bushy tailed, as they say, I never saw uh, you with a tail. I've known you for a while. You were, Jeremy, would you say when you were young and filled with glory? <laughs> what? Say that one more time. <laughs> I said, would you say when you were young and filled with glory, young and filled with glory? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd say yeah, that because you know no one no one gets to decide who lives or who dies or who tells your story. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little on the nose, but uh, I guess it's time now. Uh, what did you do a couple days ago, Jeremy? <laughs> well, first of all, uh, today is my lovely wife Julie Parr's birthday. She is thirty-seven yeah. years old today. Woo! The same age as me. 
37 is a prime number. I'm a fan of prime numbers, so it's a very nice day. Now, uh, we elected to, to stay in and just veg out all day today on her actual birthday, order some food, that kind of stuff. But we did a date night on Friday night. We ate at a cool steakhouse, and then we went to see Hamilton. It was the very first time her and I had seen it, period. We hadn't even watched the, the thing on Disney+. Plus. Um, and we had heard a couple of the songs before, of course, because it's insanely popular. But yeah, we experienced it together and it was as fantastic as everyone says it is. We loved it. Who was in the uh, uh, who was in the, the cast? Was it was anyone rema- was it anyone of the original cast in it or was this a completely uh, different group? I, I feel think like some- most of the people that are still in it in the original cast still do the Broadway one. I don't think that anyone's in the L.A. one. From the original yeah. Class. yeah, yeah. I want to say that there were some some people because I actually looked up all the resumes because I was interested. There were some people in the company I think yeah. uh, that were in maybe not the original production, but they they had done it in New York. You know, so um, maybe the homegirl from OCU. I forget her name. Oh, yeah, I didn't see any any Oklahoma representation, but. I will say this, we, we've kind of dove into it since we watched it. You know, we've been listening to the music and we've watched bits and pieces of it on Disney plus with Lin-Manuel Miranda, you know? Yeah. And this may be kind of blasphemous to say, but I almost prefer the cast that we saw in Los Angeles. No, No, it's better. Lin-Manuel Miranda does not have a great voice, especially for theater. I mean, he's good. He's really, really good. And it wasn't just him. It was... Well, first of all, I, I think I messaged you guys. The the guy that played Washington sounded a lot like DMX, and it was fantastic. And you know, the intro for that character in Hamilton yeah, is exactly. pretty epic, just like Jefferson's. So when he came out, it was just straight fire. It was cool. Like in my head at the time, I remember thinking, like, man, this guy is paying tribute to DMX right now. So that was <laughs> okay. Pretty cool. So I have, honestly, I have a. Because I'm sure whenever you keep doing some of that research for it, um, each of those characters in the first act are kind of supposed to represent an era or uh, kind of subgenre of hip hop. And that Washington uh, character is that kind of old school. It's supposed to be more like a Biggie Tupac situation. Yeah. Or, yeah. So um, just kind of the bare bones lyricist that's just pretty powerful and all that stuff. Um, so I I think I haven't seen any other version, but I'm pretty partial to that Christopher Jackson uh, from the original cast for Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Lafayette Thomas Jefferson, I I can't imagine anyone doing that better than David Diggs. But he I don't know he, he yeah yeah that's it that's an insane character. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah that that was cool. I mean, it was just like you said, Victor. It was very entertaining, very educational. Uh, I mean, fantastic music. I mean, one of those things where you walk out of the theater, it's exactly what you want from a production like that. You walk out of the theater and you've got all these melodies swirling around in your head. You know, let me ask you this. You've probably watched Hamilton a lot. I'm not sure how much you've watched it, Eddie, but has your favorite song changed a little bit as you've watched it and kind of taken it in? Um, yeah. So, (laughs) There's a because the first couple times I'm really I'm just floored by the spectacle of it before yeah, I can kind of really I enjoy it and give my own personal 
uh, feelings towards the things. But, you know, I've listened to the soundtrack a bunch since the first time that I ever saw it. Um, the Ten Dual Commandments was my first f- favorite just because I was a fan of the Ten Crack Commandments back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I just appreciated that that's what he did with that song. <laughs> Um, a lot. So I like the idea of a battle rap for a cabinet meeting. Cause I, that stuff like that was like, man, if this is how we learned about these people, whenever I was in school, I would be a historian right now. <laughs> Cause that's like <laughs> the coolest way to be learning stuff like that. But, uh, there's yeah, some of those definitely. Burr songs, um, the room where it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I have philosophical beef with the song. Wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think everyone really likes that song, and you should, but I think that that's like showing the biggest flaw in that character. Um, so for that reason, um, uh, there's the song right before their last duel, the um, Your Obedient Servant, where Burr finally like mm-hmm. just like gives Hamilton all his beef, and Hamilton's like, this is all your fault. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, like, with a great work of art filled with music like that, you listen to it, you know, over and over again and take it in and different stuff hits you at, in different ways over time. Uh, you know, I've like, I've been listening to the, the newest Childish Gambino album a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And I mean, now my favorite song is switched to algorithm. Like I can't get enough of that algorithm song. Like his voice sounds so dope on it. And I've that just been listening to that over one. and over again. Yeah. That was, but when I first listened to it all the way through, I liked it, but it definitely wasn't my favorite, you know? That was one that he released before the album. He sent that out. That's true. Algorithm. That was in the concert, too. Yeah, Algorithm, and I actually don't think that the other one that he sent out uh, was actually on the album, or at least not in that form, but he sent it out before it his uh, tour. If you, if you got tickets to his tour, he sent you a link to two tracks, and that was like a long time before the album came out. Oh wow! Like a year and a half that's at least, cool. right? Um, Wasn't that fall yeah. 2019 that we saw him? That's right. Yeah. So, well, no, October. okay. 2019 or was it 2018? I feel like it was 2018. Oh dang! No, because no, 20, 2018 because was uh when he when um uh that song that he did. Jesus, why uh, uh why can't feels I like f- summer? No, uh, this America. This America. That's why. That's when this yeah. America came out. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 2019 yeah. because this white album came out literally the week of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. It was like March 2020, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, March. Yeah, well, yes, March 15th. Uh, but I think that it actually. I mean, he actually premiered it earlier, yeah. like the week before, on his website. Hmm. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think it's how it was. Or no, that was on March 15th and it came out the following weekend on streaming services. Mm. I only remember all that is because that was literally the week that I I did not. I stopped going into work for over a year at that point. Literally that day. (laughs) Because I left. I (laughs) was on my way to Texas. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to go see Darrell. And then we hung out because the next in two days from when I got there, we were supposed to fly to Portland to have a fun spring break trip in the mountains and see dub waterfalls and scenery. And then the two days before we left, the CDC was like 50 or less. And I was like, well, I can't go to an airport. There's way more than 50 people in an airport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, as you guys know, I often don't consume art when it's popular. Right. For example, for example, I just saw Hamilton for the first time two days ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, 
The How song that really risk- <laughs> Oh man. <clears throat> the song that really resonated with me was Helpless. I just I loved that song and I think it's because yeah, it's excellent. It worked it works so well for the stage but also if you just kind of listen to it on its own, especially the hook and the pre-chorus and the chorus, it sounds like a pop song. It no, sounds it's like a, a song that it's a definite that a bop. Gr- yeah, that, that like a girl group in the '90s could have made, and it would have been, you know, a big hit. And it's just a really lovely love song, I thought too. I love the uh, like the vocal pattern, you know, of the of mm-hmm. the. It, it it's like that half sing, half rap kind of thing, you know, that right. they do so well, and that which they do for in most of the the tunes in the show, but. Yeah, I've been listening to that one a lot. Yeah, but I like, can kind of, go ahead. Oh no, I was—I mean, I was just saying all their—they all have light motifs that I really appreciate too. <laughs> that mm-hmm. like there mm-hmm. are students that I have that share syllables or names with the people, and that's how I refer to them, and they have to get used to it. Like <laughs> I have a Burr, and I always say Mr. Burr, sir. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> that's okay, right. all right, fine, <laughs> sir. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I dig that. I love in the second um, second half. I loved obviously the debate rap battles too. Those were so great. Yeah, it was wonderful. I mean, we've already you, discussed. It just started its run. We've already discussed maybe going to see it again before the run's over. It. We'll see. Did you did you get teary eyed in Quiet Uptown? There were several times I got teary eyed. Um, that that may have been one of them. Honestly, like like the slow jams. I, I really dug the slow jams a lot. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and that is, uh, that is definitely a slow jam. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I liked it. I'm glad I finally got to experience it. I'm glad I got to experience it live for the very first time. That was kind of special. I am a strong believer. Um, that that's probably the first way people should see it. It's kind of tough because that costs money. You got to go somewhere to go do it. But like things, so you said helpless, a uh, satisfied right after that. Does it make a ton of sense unless you're seeing it happen? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a really cool, and the, you know, the acting of that to do all of those scenes backwards is really cool. Yeah, that was neat. That was really, really neat. I like the spinning stage too. What a, what a unique, yep. very creative way to create Show movement, movement yeah. with yeah. choreography on stage. I thought that was really cool. He's a, he's a genius. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Like I want to go, if I ever meet him, you know, if I ever see him in a coffee shop or whatever, I'm going to go up to him and be like, Hey, will you see me in melody just off the top of your head? I want to see how your brain works. <laughs> and he will. <laughs> he will. he's a nice guy he seems like a very nice guy he might <laughs> no i mean he those dudes that freestyle love supreme group have been doing that for a while yeah so. have you seen in the heights yeah i, I want to watch that one too i did not know that that was before hamilton like yeah. that opened on broadway before hamilton that is um, that that may be about 15 years old now because i'm pretty sure there was a production of in the heights while we were at ocu that's yeah. Like I'm pretty oh, really? sure yeah, like, at OCU. it is because I remember watching a college humor video that all those guys from freestyle love Supreme were on. And that was like one of the jokes. He was like, Oh, aren't you like the three time Tony and Whitty? He's like, we actually won four Tony's for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, if I had some multiple Tony awards, I might correct people too. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's yeah, no, this, uh, I, I'd have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure it's it's aged at this point, but it's still beautiful. It's very, very mm-hmm. similar in the, just the kind of spirit of it. Well, yeah, for sure. This is because that you're you're talking about the movie that came out, right? No, no, no. I'm talking about the play. 
Right. But the, the, the reason, music. the reason you're right, that was a, a movie. They just, they were just made of that. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, just, yeah yeah. 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 It's only a few months old. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking that they hopefully will do that for Hamilton. We'll make a live action, like not, not as not a video of a stage production, like a live action film right. of it. Because when you think about it, I mean, uh, you know, back in the day, I, I, this goes back to what you said, Victor, which is that you need to experience it live for the, you know, the first time you see it. It's like, that's was the only way to do it for the vast majority of all things. Uh, not just music theater, but like everything. Right. But specifically right. music theater, like, you know, you got a word of mouth, like, Oh, you got to go see the show. And then you see the show and it's amazing. And now we don't have that. And now it's like, ah, what, what, what is, what are we missing from the initial experience? You know, like, cause I, I saw the, yeah. I saw the, the movie, but I, or the, the video of the stage production, but I've not seen it live. I know that it would feel different live. Everything feels different live, but well, it, truth be told, I have a pipe dream that all of these Broadway shows and all these musicals can get a contract like that with Disney plus, or at least someone make a streaming thing where we can, cause the pandemic man, if anything shows those people did have an amazing thing that if someone could cut them more money and do a deal like that, where it could be viewed at home, I don't yeah. think it would stop going, but I honestly think the Disney plus version is enough. If you haven't seen it live, I just, I seeing what it's goes very into well it. Done. Yeah. Seeing what goes into it, I think is very helpful. And for that Disney Plus thing, they had three cuts that they used for that. So there's two different live performances and one where there's no one in the audience. So I could do all those close-ups with like the, um, what do you call them? Those cameras that are on the cranes. Those. <laughs> I don't know, Jeremy, that you're the expert on that. What are those things called? Mm, uh, the camera, the cameras on the crane. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. They like that, like for close-ups, where they like, like it would be in the way if it was a wide shot, but they had no one in the audience so they could do those for some of the. Things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, just a single or whatever. Yeah. That's the one where they got the meme of, uh, Lin-Manuel, uh, <laughs> looking at the phone. You hold the phone up to yeah. the TV and he's looking at it. Yep. It's a good meme. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I have context for that now. Cause I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. That's, that's nice. Yeah, it was cool, you know, and it's got so much rewatch value too, because I don't know, seeing it live for the first time and we had decent seats. They weren't, we could kind of sort of see facial expressions, but we were a little too far back to, to really take it all in, you know, but, um, <laughs> I, I mean, of course I was inebriated too, but I was like, this is a lot of information all at once. Like I'm going to watch this again. <laughs> it's like, I can't keep up with all the stuff. That, I mean, I mean it's I my like, design. They want you. They exactly. want you to go see it multiple times. <laughs> it's yeah. marching band, dude. It's marching band. Hide all the mess. Watch this over here. Now look at this. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, the, and there are times where I think that they understand that a lot's happened. So let's slow it down a bit. But like, even the very end, right before the last duel, there are ten things you need to know. <laughs> it's like, uh oh, that's so many things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what, I mean, what a great work of art. I mean, when you boil boil it down to the simplest terms, it's just a great work of art. It's awesome. Yeah. Speaking of works of art, you guys ready to talk about some film? I just I mean, want to give uh, Meta World Peace a hug, really. Right? Uh, dude, I, I have so much more respect for him, you know, and, and kind of like a, a, a sympathetic, you know, I, I, ha, I have a sy- sympathetic feeling for him 
as well. That stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's just let's just get into it. So, well, first of all, for the listeners, <laughs> we watched two movies right. that we didn't even discuss in the last show. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just to remind you guys that it's not about you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, so this this new Netflix series, uh, I think it's called Untold, right? Yeah. Just Untold. Mm-hmm. Um, they do basically feature length documentaries about sports events or sports personalities that have a really interesting, really intriguing backstory that, that maybe people have forgotten about, or maybe it wasn't publicized in the way that it actually happened when it happened. And the first episode was uh, NBA centric. It was about the malice at the palace, the, the brawl or, or riot or whatever you want to call it. The brouhaha. Yes. That happened uh, at, at the palace of Auburn Hills between the Pistons and the Pacers. And of course, I mean, the three of us are big NBA fans, and this was a monumentous event that happened. It really changed. It changed the way that referees ref games. It, it changed a lot of stuff. It changed technical fouls. It, it changed the suspensions. It, it changed a lot. And I thought I knew a lot about it, but watching the documentary, it was so cool because, you know, all these players are retired, so you can tell that they felt that they were able finally to speak very openly about their perspective of it and the little things that happened along the way that made it escalate and all those kinds of things. So I, I, I found it fascinating. Like I loved listening to Reggie Miller and uh Metal world <laughs> peace and Steven Jackson. I, lo- I loved listening to all those guys talk about it, you know, because very, very fun fact for me. I knew Reggie Miller was on that team but I a hundred percent forgot until the doc. I was like, why yes, is he in this so me much? Me too. <laughs> me too. And I didn't know, I didn't ever realize that that coordinated with his last year in the NBA. And I also yeah. didn't know that that team had potential to win an NBA championship. I knew that. I, much, know that. I remember thinking that. Yeah. I mean, that was, yeah. that was, that was the, the, the context that they to like put you into the world of that time. That was stuff that I didn't have a full grasp on. Like I, I knew pretty much all the stuff about the actual event that like the actual fight, because I mean, people have been doing research onto that, uh, that's not been funded by major studios for years. And there's stuff on YouTube that you can go and see frame by frame and see the, see the guy that throws the cup and all that stuff. So I knew about the fight. Like I knew that it was crap. Um, but I didn't know like, yeah, like the, the 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 way the narrative that they that that would triggered like the end of Reggie's career like that yeah. did not I did mm-hmm. not occur to me at all ever. Yeah, yeah. And I, I knew that I knew that it really washed uh, Jermaine O'Neal at that point. I kind of yeah. knew that. Yeah, he um, he seems like the the biggest loser in the whole thing. Quite frankly. Yeah. 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 It's interesting, like, you know, Jermaine O'Neal was in the league for a very long time, but the way that they talked about him in this documentary in the early part of his career was that he was going to be like one of the greatest players in the league. And I'm wondering if going through that and kind of having that stigma over your head the entirety of his career and then also getting suspended all those games. I mean, I wonder if he would have been that much better had that not happened. You know what I mean? Well, he was truthfully kind of a Kevin Durant before Kevin Durant. There was no real way to guard someone that was moving as quick as he was moving at his size. Mm. 
And like there wasn't so much ISO ball at the time, but if they wanted to, that could have been their game plan and they would have won just as many games, but you have Reggie Miller on your team also. So it's, it didn't make a lot of sense to do that. Yeah. Um, here were, here yeah. were Jermaine O'Neal's numbers that season for, for reference, 20 uh, points per game, 10 rebounds, two assists, a steal, and almost three blocks uh, mm-hmm. at not, not three not, blocks a game. Yeah. 2.6. Wow. Um, that's, that's really good. Not great efficiency, but like no. that era was not known for its efficiency. So yeah, I mean, no, those are solid numbers for 2004. Yeah. I, I mean, think. the fact that they had, like, they had four guys do- averaging double digits, exactly. um, meta world piece was, was insane. was also <laughs> averaging 18 points. Al Harrington was on uh, the team the pre- the previous season. I don't know if he was the following season, but I'm just looking at the previous season, uh, the previous year's yeah. numbers because this happened like what, like six, seven games into the season. So, right, I can't really tell much there. But yeah, yeah. I mean, they were good. They were mm-hmm. they were really yeah. good. And I I didn't realize that they were that good either. Like I mm-hmm. knew that that I knew that Reggie only made it to the finals once, and he ran into the Lakers three peat, and that I kind of just assumed that there wasn't ever a shot for him later because I mean the, the, I mean the following years were like the nets went to the finals twice. Uh, the Sixers went to the finals and yeah, Lakers just dominated those years. Yeah. Yes. Like, and then the Pistons and I was like, well, there was no room for the Pacers. I just didn't know about it. Um, mm-hmm. but man, yeah, this, they definitely put it all into, uh, into perspective. Which that's what I like yeah. the most about the doc. They were like, let's let's really let's take it back. <laughs> let's take it all the way back and let's know all the things going into what happened. Yeah, here. exactly. Exactly. Let me ask you this. A couple a couple things. So after uh, is it Ben Wallace that shoves uh, Ron yeah, test yep. at the time and he mm-hmm. and he backs up like clearly he's he's like, I don't want to get into this, you know, like, let's just let's play the game kind of a thing. Plus, we're winning. So you look stupid right now. Yeah. Um, so then he, he gets him back to the scores table. And I always thought Ron Artest was being a dick when he lays down on the scores <laughs> table. I had, I had no idea that that was like a technique that he was working with, with his uh, therapist to calm himself down in like now, high intensity situations. Well, so for what it's worth, like that particular situation hadn't happened before for him to do something like that. But I, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure everyone, I'm sure everyone in that arena is like, get off of our scores table. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I just thought it, I always thought it was just incredibly disrespectful and that's what, which is what he was mm-hmm. going for. And it was disrespectful. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can yeah. see why you would get upset about that. But I, one thing that I learned, well, maybe I didn't learn it because, because I've always known this, but Ron Artest, Metal World Peace. I, I mean, the stuff that goes inside that dude's brain. I mean, who knows? I mean, he's, he's just a very uh, interesting person, you know? So maybe I he mean, was he said it. trying to, he said off top that he just does not like people. And I'm like, I, <laughs> yeah. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And get you it. know, the, 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 all that stuff about the court being his comfort zone. And then when the fan came down, like, you know, Oh, now a fans in his comfort zone. So he's protective of it. You know, that, that kind of stuff, I just never considered that perspective before. That was all really interesting to me. I, uh, yeah, I, I am, I'm fascinated because the more I see footage of, of him, uh, the more I'm, I just like, there's such a similarity between he and like Dennis Rodman 
in my brain. Yeah, I think so too. And it just, yeah. it's so, it's striking, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like both these guys were absolutely insanely good when they could be, you know, in the zone as it were. And then when they right. weren't like they were complete liabilities, mm-hmm. uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's tough. It's tough because I remember when he changed his name and I remember man making fun of him for that for years. Oh yeah. And it was ridiculous. Well, yeah. It, it, he changed his name and like, this was right around the same time that that playoff series where he elbowed Harden James, and like yeah. I was, you know, I, he was on my, yeah, I remember my that. shit list at that point. Uh, yeah. But like, you know, age has softened everything a little bit and, yeah, I definitely feel I feel I feel bad for the guy, honestly. Like he was the sca- I mean, he was the scapegoat for for really uh you know, something that was not necessarily his fault and it's just it's 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 funny because like I'm sure you guys have had this experience but like you you decide to do something and like it's a hard thing that you've decided to do and then immediately something goes completely wrong against you, <laughs> the decision you made. That's like you've been wrestling with forever, you know, like maybe, maybe no one else has that experience, but I certainly understand how he yeah, feels yeah. like he's like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to calm down. I'm going to do this counting technique. I'm going to do what <laughs> exactly. I've, what I've been training to do. And then the whole world erupts and like he mm-hmm. is completely obliterated because of it. It's like, yeah. man, uh, yeah. makes me, it's makes kinda, me it's not want to try that shit anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say the, that second half of the doc that was really cathartic for me where they were talking about like that happened. And then the NBA completely changed Yeah, because of the narrative yep. that was rather was like, yeah, all this hip hop sport is just causing all these problems. And I was like, cool. We're still racist. That's excellent. I'm glad that we know that now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but I remember being really pissed the first time that I was like, why are all these players in these suits? That's not what they would normally wear. It doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense, but yeah. it's kind of nice to see where we're at now. Like watching Russell Westbrook before a game, you're like, okay, I think we're fine. <laughs> you literally can yeah. wear whatever you want. Clearly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there was some solace there. It's, it got, it got uh, put in a sad lens because of what it meant. But Meta did get his championship. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I, I'm sure I turned <laughs> yeah, off the, the, the broadcast at that point. Cause I didn't want the Lakers to win, but to the fact yeah. that the very first thing that he talks about when they talk to him is that he feels bad about leaving yeah. Indiana. They, like, they had to change the subject. Like, yeah, that, that like, was the first thing that he was thinking about. Like, I hate that for him. I hate that so much for yeah. him because you've just won this championship and it's like the pinnacle of your life achievement. Like it's the thing that you've been yep. working for since you were a child, um, you know, on, or, you know, intentionally or not intentionally. And the only thing that you feel immediately is guilt. Like, well, it's the same thing you were so saying. Terrible. Eddie, like happening again. So the whole uh, brawl happens and he's like, I think that everyone will be better if I leave. And they're immediately like, you suck. Why would you leave? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're mix, yeah. mix messaging there, Jermaine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's uh I, I, hey life's complicated life is one funny <laughs> yeah i i feel bad for jermaine o'neill too because yeah I, I think that that potentially derailed whatever 
you know, whatever his path was up to that point, it, it changed mm-hmm. and he did not, I, I would say that it's, it's safe to say he probably did not achieve whatever he felt like he could have. Um, yeah, I'm sure that's true. And I don't blame him yeah. for like holding, you know, at least at the time for being upset with the situation, but I don't know. It's, it's challenging because, well, it's, it's so many layers there, right? Yeah. Because the order of events is clearly what makes it difficult. Obviously everyone involved is way more upset at John green or whatever the dude's name is for. I'm, I'm like glad I, d- I'm glad I don't remember the names of the, the fans. I know that that yeah, one fan that they got the, to do multiple interviews, I wanted to punch him in the face more than I have ever wanted to punch anyone in the face. That guy was so... I hope hope that he... (laughs) No, I I don't hope that he does, but like, if he got some backlash from this documentary, I would not feel bad at all. Like, he just... All I'm saying is... He didn't learn anything. (laughs) The director had to know. Like, he was like, all right, here's all the footage I've got. Uh, There is no way to paint this dude in any type of positive light. And I'm kind of excited about it. So he's just like, all right, here we go. Cut it up. (laughs) Yeah. I'm with you. That guy got under my skin and you're right, Eddie, like clearly he had no remorse for what he did. Clearly it was, nothing was his fault. And he has, he, he, I guess doesn't have the complexity of, of thought and, and (laughs) self-diagnosis to understand that, you know, what he did was very wrong too. I really like what Reggie Miller said too, by the way, like, when uh, was it Jermaine O'Neal or Steven Jackson that came up and punched him? I can't remember. It was Jermaine O'Neal. It's my favorite punch of the whole brawl because yeah. he missed. <laughs> he missed, mm-hmm. but he yeah. slid into it. So he's still that dude. Still got all of Jermaine O'Neal's six. Yeah. Foot yeah. Who, who yeah. was it? This, are you about to say where where Reggie was like? If he had connected, yeah, that man would be he dead. Would, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, he Reggie literally said like if 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 he hadn't slipped and Jermaine had connected on that punch like that dude would be dead. <laughs> yeah, like that's. I mean, he would have been knocked, been knocked out, and then who who in the world knows what would have happened at that point? Because there were only five policemen, so it's like, how would they know? Oh gosh, the police thing too. I was like, where are they all at? You know, I mean, I had never <laughs> thought about that perspective of it either. But, but even still, know, there's only five and there's 20,000 fans. So yeah. I know, I know it's, <laughs> I am amazed it, it's that crazy. the people in Detroit that were a part of that and like, you know, like they're, they're longtime fans or whatever. Like it seemed like everyone that they talked to all had the exact same opinion, which was that if it happened again, we'd do it the exact same way. And I'm just like, <laughs> are you, I, that is so embarrassing <laughs> for you. It's so embarrassing for you that you can watch this, think about everything that's happened since that event and not change the ways that you would operate like that is right. Cringe level like, oh, yeah, you, you I can't believe you said that. (laughs) I can imagine who those people voted for, too, by the way. Yeah. One more thing (laughs) before we move on to our next film, because we got some stuff to get to. It also gave me this perspective and I've thought about this before, but like, you know, we think about our years with Russell in Oklahoma city, 11 seasons. We were graced with uh, Russell Westbrook's presence in a thunder uniform and you know, the Kevin years to getting close to a championship multiple times, but something always derails it. I, j- I just think about those Pacers fans that have been fans, dedicated fans in a state that is like a huge basketball state, Indiana, I think about Reggie Miller playing 18 seasons for them, 18 seasons. And they got close so many times too. And Reggie Miller is one of the best players of all time. 
I mean, I, I would put him very, very high on that list. Not, not the top, you know, three or four he's, or five spots, but he, he'd be up there. I don't know. He's one of those people with like clearly an insane talent. But when you talk about competition and grit and tenacity, like he's, he's gotta be up there. That dude cared yeah. about winning so much. He, he did. He did. He worked so hard watching that finals series with the Lakers every single game all the way through. I watched like he really earned a lot of my respect, but it, it made me think about that too. the fact that like, man, you know, it was it's not it's tough for other fan bases around the league too. 18 seasons. They had Reggie Miller and they, they could just never get it done. But you know what? He he stayed and he didn't try to go anywhere else. And they have a high reverence for him because of that you know they would still have a high reverence even if he played somewhere else in his career but i think about that too you know like he, he is cherished there big time and that's really special special so much so that uh, when he talked about it at the end of the doc he started weeping yeah i yeah i mean we're never gonna see that's never gonna happen again i don't think that type of I just think that the, the, the league is different now. It's just a different yeah, the relationship yeah. between the players and the organizations is different. And yeah, the money's different it's too, never gonna, which obviously dictates lots the of the world it. is also much more interconnected. I mean, there was no internet, right? You know, or, or well, there was internet for a good portion of his career, but like there was no social media. Um, Facebook wasn't around. Like he, you know, he retired right before social media started. So the fact that we're just so much more connected now, it's like, you know, Russ goes to LA and it doesn't really feel any different. Like he may have been living right. in LA for part of the time. And when he's in Oklahoma city also, so like whatever, mm -hmm. um, it sucks as a fan because you want to rep the guys that you, you know, you like, but I think that at a certain point, everyone will get used to it. I think we all will adjust to, yeah. you know, the idea like it's probably more likely that, you know, you'll win a championship and then move to a different team, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the landscape has changed without a doubt. Eddie, I will let you intro our next film because it was your idea. Uh, okay, so I was listening to uh, the Conan O'Brien podcast. I've been binging like all of those episodes. And Will Ferrell was on the, the, he was the very first episode actually. Um, and they, they talked about this movie in the middle of this podcast, which... I don't know if you guys have listened to any, any of the Conan podcasts, but like it's, there's almost never any actual good discussion. It's literally just <laughs> jokes and laughing for like an hour. Yay. It's just, Yay. it is, it's, I, it, it will change the course of my day. If I'm having a bad day and I put it on, I cannot Ooh. make it through it without like just being like, man, okay. I'm going to laugh. This Let me is interrupt so funny. Eddie. Are you about to talk uh, about the Sean Hayes, uh, yeah, because that they're starting. He just did a, an ad for that in this in the, one of the more recent episodes. So okay, with, so uh, he did Will that Arnett. episode also. Or that yeah, he did that show, and it was that they yeah. rip each other. Oh yeah, so well. No, it's, it is so funny. It, the Will Arnett episode of the Conan podcast might be the <laughs> the hardest I've ever laughed at a podcast. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it is outrageously funny. However, in one of the moments where they weren't laughing in the Will Ferrell episode, um, Conan brought up this thing. This is like, and so you did this lifetime movie. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, this is a bit, Like he's doing a bit like this isn't real. And then Will Ferrell just started talking about, yeah, me and Kristen wig, we decided to, to do this lifetime movie. And, 
literally the, it, the whole thing was a bit the, the, like, it was like, the, do you remember when Joaquin Phoenix was like going through his crazy stuff Yeah, and, uh, you know, come to find out later that he was just living the whole thing. That's what that movie was like the whole concept, yeah. the whole idea. Will Ferrell just was like, wouldn't it be funny if we made a lifetime movie and it was a serious <laughs> movie. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I have to see this. I have to see this movie. Whatever it is, I have to see it because it's going to it's going to be terrible and I'm going to love it. And I don't know about you guys, but that's exactly what happened. (laughs) That movie. All I'm saying is. Uh, whatever it started, first of all, the one that Eddie ripped is like from a literal stream of lifetime. So like, it's not, it's not even available. It's not available commercially. (laughs) You can't get it unless you're getting it in uh, nefarious ways of recording something (laughs) on a VCR tape because it was like the show before was ending with the mini. That's right. That movie. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, that's right. And you could see all the cuts for the commercials and everything like, (laughs) yeah, it was great. (laughs) <laughs> and I okay we will talk about all of it but I gotta tell you guys I was honestly hanging on through the not great acting and the aggressive like I don't know the aggressive dramaticism until they started doing like the music oh yeah the mu- <laughs> man they, the mu- they went up to a, a 1994 <laughs> Yamaha keyboard and turned on and exactly. found, found strings. And they're like, this works. We're just going to use the and string it, sound. And it made me laugh because I'm like, that's all that these movies have budget for. That's so. right. <laughs> they, couldn't, they can't do anything else. Like they literally couldn't have, couldn't afford anything. I mean, the I, I'm betting that they shot that movie in like a week. Like they probably couldn't afford to rent the house that they were at for longer than that. I mean, there were really only like four, four main areas that they did any shots in at all. Like realistically, if you look at it, I, I love this movie because back in the day, like stereotype stereotypical black person me would talk through this entire movie if it was in a theater about how dumb everyone was being because that's what i did when i watched it this time (laughs) i feel like you're i feel like that's what they want you to do like (laughs) oh so okay uh the movie, I the, literally said when Kristen Wiig fell at the beginning, is that like, that's what you get? <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so. I laughed at gosh. I laughed at every every single moment that I wasn't supposed to laugh. I laughed so hard. I laughed so hard. Oh my gosh, it was like that. That could have been avoided so easily. Her falling off that dock exactly. <laughs> could have been avoided. So many, so many times it could have been. Every avoided. stunt was hilarious. Her falling and hitting her head. Will Ferrell jumping off that bridge. The, I know. The Jody, the Jody character getting shot and then falling off the bridge and they cut to just her heels going off the side of the bridge. Uh, I will say uh, credit to the actors because I think given what they had, they did as good a job <laughs> as they could. But man, the... I, I saw it right when it first started. Uh, the writer, his name is Andrew Steele. And I saw mm-hmm. that guy's name and I just had this like daydream. Like I bet he is so proud of how bad this is because he <laughs> has to have been aware that he was writing a bad movie. Like 
Oh yeah. You had, it had to have been intentional. Some of the, some of his decisions were just it's like just so sophomoric. Like I, <laughs> so, you know, the the first time they're sitting in, in bed and they're talking about the, uh, the adoption and whatever. And like, it is quite clear that since the accident, they have, if they're trying to adopt, like there's obviously a reason they're trying to adopt. And I don't think that it was necessary to, to, to contextualize that at all. Right. But they decided to do that anyway, <laughs> but in the wrong part of the conversation, like right. they've already had the discussion and then she says, and yeah, and you know, ever since the, the accident, I can't have children anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> you didn't, that was completely unnecessary. Like everyone, everyone understands that that was a given. <laughs> You well, didn't she's explaining to her husband too, and it's honestly, it's like you can tell it's kind of like a Lonely Island bit where you like you take the things from the stuff that you know you disliked and you you blow those up so much because like it, you know that happened the whole time in the movie. The the girl is diabetic, <laughs> so they're like, okay, oh, she's like my stomach hurts, and they're like, oh, well, what's wrong with her? Oh, she's got some type of sickness. And first of all, I'm like, it's 2015 when this movie came out. Like everyone knows what diabetes is. I don't know why I think it's so funny that they're like she's got some type of sickness <laughs> like it's really foreign or unheard of thing that just gives her stomach cramps anyway and also her having to act out her stomach pain was too much for me yeah like, I always think about one of the director's notes like you <laughs> I'm not sure that there was a budget for notes. They couldn't afford stickies. <laughs> yeah, oh, she. So many tears uh, in my eyes. It, I. It was a a joy, a joy of an experience <laughs> to have seen that. And it, it, what it taught me uh, was that. What did it teach you, Eddie? <laughs> what I learned is that if if there is video of Will Ferrell doing anything <laughs> anything that a human being can do if he does it and i'm watching it i'm going to laugh at it <laughs> i can't well, not i have been the problem conditioned is, by to, yeah. when that man is in front of my face then i'm going to laugh <laughs> every single thing he does is funny whether it's supposed to be or not i just I really I can't think Kristen wig is very similar the end she shot that lady and i <laughs> i paused it because i was laughing so yeah. hard <laughs> because it was the music again and it was Kristen wig's face with the gun and it was it was straight out of saturday night live that's all that's why like this it was it was uh, it was so beautiful oh man i, think, I mean i legitimately may watch it again i'm just serious like i may i may have to watch it again just to find more things to laugh at I, i'll tell you my the, my favorite moment in the whole movie is the dumbest thing and i like i it was so stupid because when uh when the uh what's her name um Jody. Yeah. Jo Bridget, Joni, whatever you, she wants to yeah. be called when she very, the first time that she walks into his office 
And she like after they had gone to the the away. All oh, right, I I know what you're gonna say. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> they start talking about something and it's and Will Ferrell's like yeah it's difficult and she was like Robert is it hard <laughs> <laughs> and he's like hard <laughs> yes yes it does it, it does get hard and I remember thinking in that moment that I was really upset that I wasn't just watching it with both of you guys <laughs> <laughs> I hope uh, the listeners know that there are just tears screaming uh, down my face. That <laughs> was I. I don't know how. I want to see the outtakes. I want to see the outtakes. I want to see Will Ferrell not get through that scene because there's no way that he got through that scene every time. There's no way. Like you can't. I, the, that writing is so. It's it is not on the nose. It's through your skull where your nose is. Like I just. I don't I don't understand how how it could ever be meant to be taken seriously by anybody. The dancing at the end is what got me, honestly. Oh yeah. The aggressive oh, my white, gosh. the aggressive white family dancing at the end is so It went on for a really long time too. Oh yeah. Like Oh yeah. They a really were happy. Long time. They was happily ever after, Jeremy. It's a lifetime movie, Jeremy. <laughs> also, Jeremy, like all I'm saying is there better if you do one of those, you demand that there's a premiere so that we can man. go. Because I'm telling you, Jeremy, I <laughs> I would ruin that premiere for you so hard and I would be so happy about it. <laughs> Listen. Listen, guys, listen. First of all, movies like that do not get premieres. That's why I said get premieres on Lifetime, sir. That premiere is 7 Central on some day on some channel. (laughs) Second of all, I do read for movies like that all the time. All the time. I read I read for stuff like that. And and some some of the stuff in a deadly adoption was a little more subtle, you know, and I I kind of appreciate that stuff. And some of it, like as you said, Eddie, is just like through your skull. Not it's not just on the nose, it's like through your skull. And mm-hmm. you know, those those moments are enjoyable too. But I do have to say, like some of the scenes, I'm like, man, this this sounds really familiar. <laughs> this this kind of stuff like <laughs> I read for a lot. Um you know, with, with like lifetime type movies too, they normally do like 10 to 12 pages a day, which is a lot. And I'm sure that's probably what they, they shot, you know, this film with, I mean, normally a film like that has like nine to 12 days shooting days, you know, something like that. Yeah. I believe it. That's yeah. That's why, you know, people like rag rag on like soap opera actors, you know, and for, Mm. for good reason. Cause it's, you know, (laughs) Maybe not for good reason, but it's just a different aesthetic. It's a different thing. But those guys shoot so many pages in a day. I mean, they have to learn so much dialogue and like, it, there's very, very minimal time for rehearsal and, right. and all that kind of stuff. I actually didn't know that until someone explained it to me. And I was like, huh, that makes sense. You know, so. But anyway, I it was a delight. It was a joy. I- I think it's funny to know that Will Ferrell was like, I will do all that for this because that's how funny I think this could be. <laughs> yeah. I like that they actually put it on Lifetime too. That's great. 
I, I mm-hmm. think that's so cool. I'm, I'm sure people, there is a need for movies like that. I mean, they make a lot of those kinds of movies because I'm not you sure know, there's lots of networks that is, like to run that really stuff. the word there. No, people need it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> people need it. But people, people love that kind of the stuff. The market is there. And so need, yeah, it should be filled there. <laughs> You you try being a single mom. <laughs> I mean, just like we need the NBA, you know, some people need that kind of exactly. stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I'm glad that I can watch it because I've watched, I've watched other Lifetime movies, uh, you know, every time I go home for any kind of holiday, like that's the right. only thing that's on the TV in my house. And it is a, like when I don't have a reason to laugh at it, it's really <laughs> difficult to, to bear. Like it's really hard. It's really hard to, uh, to get through those things. Um, yeah, but man, I would, just, I would uh, watch if all. Will Ferrell wanted to do a whole series, if he just wanted to become oh a lifetime original, I would watch every yeah. one of them. Like I, I would watch every yeah. single one of them. I so my proposal, fellas, is that we have a spit off of our podcast where it's just lifetime movies. Where we review <laughs> oh <my laughs> lifetime movies. There's there's I think that would I there. think that would be f- it like that would be fun as of uh, a few hours ago. Um <laughs> but not ever again. <laughs> you have to but you have to pick like a way to be inebriated to watch it. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do want to say uh, I want to pour one out for our boy Charlie because they did him. They oh, did him bad. Yeah, they did he do did. him dirty. He, he died. knew from the beginning. Uh, he knew from the very beginning. Oh yeah, and he was the happiest, ch- chipperest thing in the whole movie. And he just got killed. <laughs> and then they had their happily ever after. Like it didn't matter at all. Like her, and, her, exactly. well, her best friend just murdered. Oh well. Also, also, Robert not enough was to get a, rid of his body. Ball. Like. He's like one of the worst people. Like you just are going to go back and be happy every after with that dude. He literally just put you all through all that. Like it was entirely his fault. How are you going to just forgive and forget that? Like, (laughs) and he was going to blame you for being an idiot and falling while you're pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Like, I I actually so there are those series on YouTube where therapists like analyze scenes from movies. I want to watch a therapist analyze that entire movie. Oh man, <laughs> and watch them like crumble, <laughs> crumble under all of the problems with these people. <laughs> I uh, I I enjoyed it thoroughly, and I'm very glad that we watched it. Um, Me too. <laughs> It, it was, was just so you funny. You guys were like, "What should we watch this week?" And I was like, "I know that something will be funny about this Will Ferrell movie that seems like it's not supposed to be funny, so I want to watch it." <laughs> yeah, so I know that I can watch the Alice, and I know that I can be engaged for Will Ferrell and Kristen, Kristen Wiig. I just feel like mm-hmm. that's going to be—it's going to like be a cult classic at some point. Some more people are going to find out about it eventually, and like it's going to—it'll like get it. Like it's our mission. They'll want to release. They'll want to do a release of it, and like the whole thing like i hope that, that it's happens our mission at this point it is our real mission uh, the only mission of the thunder moneyball podcast is to spread the gospel of a deadly adoption, <laughs> deadly adoption. <laughs> oh i'm so glad that, that they mentioned that on that podcast so that i could have enjoyed that because i man oh guys i missed a golden opportunity i was going to introduce the pod and be like all right today's pod is about movies two movies about fights because i forgot about the fight scene between Christian Wig. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 
so funny. She she put her in the car too, like to make yeah. it look like she was going to kill herself. But she clearly, clearly was roughed up by somebody. <laughs> like that wouldn't have worked. <laughs> I still, I'm serious. They never did anything with Charlie's body. No, they never <laughs> did. They, they didn't. There was nothing. It's just still there. It's still there, just rotting on the ground. Like he was shot. His car, his his Jeep is missing. Like <laughs> I, it, they didn't even go to his funeral. No, <laughs> they didn't care about him there's at no, all. There's no budget. There's no budget for. It. Honestly, I think the only reason he died is because they wrote him in. They wrote him in the chase in like following the, the guy, but then they were like, I don't know how to get him out of here. So I guess we're just going to kill him. Well, just kill him and we'll just pretend like they don't care. Those are deleted scenes. I demand a DVD yeah, release. Oh, man. <laughs> Not a Blu-ray, a DVD release. They actually released every single film they captured. Every single frame that they captured is in the movie. They do, There is nothing else <laughs> remaining. <laughs> How many All plaid? Right, how many plaid shirts did Will Ferrell have to wear in that movie? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, he he rocks a uh, a distinguished beard pretty well. Oh, yeah. I must say he looks good, good in it. No, it's and also I, he's so awkwardly tall. Isn't he like six four or something like that? He's pretty tall. Yeah, he's really tall. So yeah. all of the scenes are just funny with him in it anyway, because everyone else is so much shorter than him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I feel I feel a little bad for him because. I, I, I get the sense that he, he wants to do uh, more dramatic type stuff, but like, there's I, no there's no way he, I yeah. can't, I can't take him seriously in anything. Like I just can't, he did it to himself, it's like, uh, frankly. Zach Alfinakis said in the comedians and cars yeah. where, what was it? It was like a, someone's funeral or, or a wedding. And he was legitimately crying while giving a speech about his sister's wedding and everyone was laughing at him. <laughs> So, yeah. well, it's the yeah. it's the, the trope, I guess. What was my alabaster soul? I guess. Yes. <laughs> okay, right, Jeremy, uh, give it to us. Uh, it's yeah. I want to. You guys ready I wanna, to dive? I want to talk about basketball. I want to hear what you've got cooked up. You've been cooking this up for like years. So, <laughs> I got the idea a while ago. Basically, Chef when Park. we started the pod. To do this, and just to be clear, so I'm, I'm not allowed to look these things up when you ask me. That's how this no, works. No, no, you guys are on the honor system. Oh, by damn. the way, okay, God, yeah, man. No, no googling. I have no googling. I have no honor, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I created this trivia game, uh, kind of covering uh, the history of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, there are five categories. Within we, each category is five questions, uh, sort of like Jeopardy. Uh, and I'll go through each category and kind of explain it a little bit. If our listeners want to play along, they definitely can. So the first category, who said it? I'll provide the date and the quote. And you give me the person that said it. The answer can be any Thunder player or Thunder head coach. Now, if the quote is from like, 2018 you know it's not going to be kevin durant for example so it's not going to be like future thunder players or past thunder players While it's going to be a team. thunder player exactly yeah. exactly gotcha 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 yeah okay and i and i do have a sample clue for each category so i'll go ahead and give you guys a sample clue and anyone can answer so september 25th 2017 quote hey p they said i gotta come off the bench mm. unquote yeah carmelo anthony yep 
That's right. She needs yeah, a ring. I made like the Mello. sample questions a little bit, a little bit easier, but yeah, that's how that works. So there you go. That's that. Draft. Do we, have, do we, do we have to do Jeopardy rules? We have to say who is and what is. You know, sometimes they're phrased as questions. Sometimes they're phrased as clues. Uh, I, I'd okay. say follow your heart on that. You know. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Excellent. Right. So draft night. These questions have to do with draft night activities. Pretty straightforward. Uh, sample question: Who was drafted with the fourth overall pick in two thousand eight? Mm, okay. Yeah, that's uh, Russ, right? Yep. Russell Westbrook. So there you go. Uh, third category, postseason. These questions will have to do with Thunder postseason activity. Uh, sample question, who did the Thunder face in their very first playoff series in 2010? Oh, fuck. Uh, the Lakers. Yeah, because we lost in the first yep. round. Yeah, yeah, Lakers. Yep, that would be the Lakers. Oh, and they won't win the championship thing. Yeah, I'm, I, already, I already just, I feel like the answer to one of these questions is going to be Byron Mullins, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. <laughs> I don't really know where there, it's going to be, but there it is. <laughs> there are there are some deep, deep cuts on here. That's what I'll say. All right. All right, Eddie, this should be a category you like. This next category is all about the numbers. These questions are all about the stats. Mm. Sample question. Who is the all-time leader in points scored for the Thunder? That's uh, Russell the Westbrook. Honorable. The Honorable. The Honorable Russell Westbrook with 18,859. Yes. Correct. Dang. And the final category, off the court. These questions will have to do with anything and everything OKC Thunder related off the court. So this is more of a free-for-all category, if you will. Sample question. In a sprint commercial... This Thunder All-Star gives the viewer crap for not catching his game-winning shot because Doodle Jump was downloading. Kevin Durant. Ooh, I, I do Kevin Durant. I remember that, but I, I probably would have taken me a minute to guess that. Yep. There you I have just it. Remember, I just remember him saying Doodle Jump and it being funny coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> is, a, it is a funny phrase. <laughs> so there you go. Um, so unlike Jeopardy rules, if you select a category and answer your question correctly, you don't have control of the game. It goes to the next person. Okay. So it'll just go back and forth. Now also you can elect to steal. So Victor, if you get the question wrong, Eddie can steal your question, but here's the deal. If you elect to steal and you get it wrong, you lose a point. Oh mm. yeah. Mm. But if, if it's your question, and you get it wrong, you don't lose any points. But if you elect to steal and you get it wrong, you lose a point. So just kind of keep that in mind. So how many yeah, how many right. how many questions are there? Like, do we? There are Four five questions five in each category. category. Five per category. Yeah, Twenty-five questions. Yeah. Okay. You guys ready to play? Yep. Let's wait, do it. Wait, wait, wait! I get a beer. Hold on. <laughs> what? What'd you say? He's getting a beverage. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, do it. Totally. Cue the Jeopardy music. Absolutely. Not gonna miss my shot or take my shot or whatever that song is from Hamilton. <laughs> uh, who wants to go first when, when Victor is ready? I, I was going to say we got to figure out some sort of way to determine that, right? Yeah. You should flip a coin. Do you have a coin? Uh, I, I probably have something that I could flip around okay. here. Let's see here. I'm back. Uh, there was no good beer, so I got a water. <laughs> <laughs> and 
it made the healthy choice. Good for you. Uh, let me see here. I would have to vacate my podcast station to get a coin, and I don't see anything flippable here. I so got what's an it, app. What's it? I got a coin flip app. Hold on. Pull it up. You're on the honor system, though, Victor. Remember that. Oh, uh, well, yeah, it doesn't make sense for me to do it, but I'm still going to. <laughs> coin flip. Call it in the air. Tails. It is. I promise you it's heads. Good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, now you can elect to go first or have Eddie go first. Uh, I'll go first. All right. Pick your category. Oh, sweet. We get to pick them. All right. Yep. Let's do off the court for 100. Off the court. <laughs> Here we go. This Thunder Forward helped judge a student film contest hosted by the Dead Center Film Festival. In his words... Steven and Jeremy are the two biggest movie buffs on the team, other than myself. Is there a time limit for answering? <laughs> I mean, not a strict one, but, you know. I I'll read it again. It's I just just I, I'm just going to do Ennis Cantor. Steal. Okay. <laughs> Eddie, would you like to steal? Yes, Patrick Patterson. Patrick Patterson is correct. Wow. I did not know that one. It's literally the only thing yeah, I know a, about him. He's a really big, he's big, yeah, he's he's big, big, films. big, big movie buff. <clears throat> yep. All right. You've got a point on the board, Eddie, and you have control. Uh, well, now I'm going <laughs> to, it's all downhill from here. Let's try postseason. <laughs> all right. Postseason. Here is your postseason clue. Name the only team that the Thunder have swept in the playoffs. Uh, the Denver Nuggets. Pretty sure. That's incorrect. Victor, would you like to steal? Oh, damn. No. All right. It was uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, thank you. I would have got wrong. I would have got wrong. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They beat the Nuggets in five, but they, they swept the Mavericks in the first round the year after the Mavericks won the championship. I should have remembered that, but yes. And I remember the game winner that Kevin had. Yep. The bounce, bounce, that bounce on the rim several. No, that was, that was, yeah. um, no, the, the, that was in the regular season. That was the, yeah, the oh, first, right. first match of the regular season after the lockout. But then right. I only remember, I only know the difference because Mike Tirico said, Kevin beat him again or Durant beat him again when, when he made that <laughs> shot and yeah. it's iconic. <laughs> Oh, right. Because it was kind of that floater. Mm -hmm. The floater over Sean Marion yeah, and yeah. it bounced on the rim and they were out of timeouts and they just lost. So Oof. All right. oh, yeah, I was thinking I was thinking of another game winner that Kevin had against the Mavs during the regular season. No, no, no. Yeah. No, there were two. There were that's there that's were two one that, that I was originally thinking of. Yeah. The yeah. other one was the one yeah. where Marv Albert was like, for the win. <laughs> yep. For the <laughs> yeah. win. All right, Victor. You have control. Um, all right, let's get these out of the way. Draft night. <laughs> draft night. Here is your draft night question. In the 2009 NBA draft, Blake Griffin was picked first. James Harden was picked third. And this future Thunder center was selected second by the Memphis Grizzlies. Future. Oh. And his canter. Eddie, would you like to steal? Yes. Uh, uh, Hashim to beat. Oh, Hashim to beat is right. correct. That's, yep, that's him. 
Like, like he, I say, I just uh, can't believe tra- trauma gets blocked out. Yeah, I, was just saying, so. I, I can't believe that he was selected second. Like he, yeah, that is kind of crazy. Actually, that's a misdiagnosis. But honestly, I love he seemed to be, and his role was filled very nicely by him when he played for the Thunder. He's still playing, by the way. He's playing in a league overseas where he was, I think, one defensive player of the year this past season. I, I that he's up. like so, seven foot uh, forty-five Three. or something, like. I, yeah, he. I feel like you don't even have to be able to play basketball, and you'll still get a job playing basketball if you're that tall. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere, yeah. someone will pay you money to be there. <laughs> Eddie, you've got two points. Victor, you've got zero. Eddie, you have control. Right. Uh, who said it? Who said it? Here we go. June twenty second, two thousand twelve. Quote: During the lockout, we came together as a group and worked hard. We will continue to work hard. I wouldn't want to play with anybody else. I wouldn't want to play for any other city. Just blessed to be a part of this organization, and hopefully Oof. we can get back. Oof. Uh, I mean, given the, the date, it has to be James Harden. Victor, would you like to steal? <sighs> it feels so dumb to go minus one point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, negative points are a thing, yeah. Uh, no, no steal. But I'm going to... No steal. Go ahead and say who the answer is, and I'm going to say it at the same time. All right, one, two, three. Kevin, Kevin Durant. Durant. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, God Kevin said it. that. After they lost in the finals to the Heat. Mm-hmm. Kevin yeah, Durant said I that. I knew it. Good thing I didn't steal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Victor. Pick your category. Uh, all about the numbers. All about the numbers. All right. Cool. Here we go. Russell Westbrook recorded more rebounds in a Thunder jersey than any other player with 5,760. Who is second on that list with 4,701? I've got two people in my head. <clears throat> How many does Russell have again? 5,760. And the second person had how many? 4,701. I, I have to guess Stephen Adams for my soul. It's probably wrong, but I have to guess Stephen Adams. Eddie, would you like to steal? Uh, I I got a point I can lose. I'm I'm gonna guess Kevin Durant. <laughs> Kevin Durant is third. Yeah, with four thousand five hundred eighteen. So he he's in third, but it's not a huge margin there between uh between second and third. Number two, believe it or not, Nick Collison. Yeah, okay. I was. He was my second person. I was. He was my second person. I knew. I knew long enough to get that many. I knew it wasn't Stephen because I recently did a comparison of uh, Stephen and Serge's career numbers with the Thunder, and right. they're like seriously uncanny. I, I like identical. Like it's it's kind of crazy actually uh, how similar they are. So I knew that it wasn't either of them because they only averaged like eight or nine rebounds a game. Right. Mm-hmm. And they only all played for us for seven years. So, 
Nick makes sense. I'm glad it's Nick. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yep. He he played a lot of games for the Thunder. He did. Uh, okay. Uh, that means I lose, uh, a, Victor, I lose I think, a point. Oh yeah, that's right. Thank you. Thank you for your honor system. Appreciate that as I keep the scoreboard. <sighs> All right. Is it Victor in control? Yep. No, I picked that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Eddie, you're in control. Oh, you did. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want more numbers. Let's do it again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I want more numbers. <laughs> oh, this one's a goodie. Here we go. Of the top five worst losses in OKC Thunder history by point differential, uh, three oh no. were in the same season. <laughs> Name that season. Uh, it was this last season, right? 2020-2021? That is correct. <sighs> yes. It's like I knew yeah, we, we, we did some pretty bad things uh, there in, in like <laughs> April. There was some damage. Uh, <laughs> The other two were in 2019, 2020, and then 2008, 2009. And it totally makes sense to me that one of the worst point differential losses would be that first year that they were in Oklahoma City. I want to look up that 2019, 2020 game. Who in the world did we play? Uh, I don't, we I must don't remember. Paul was it not Golden wrote, State? Wrote it down. C- was it Golden CP State? must have been out. Um, uh, I mean, Gallinari had to have been out. I mean, it had to have been a, a skeleton crew. No, I think it was one of those where it was just one of those guys was out and we kind of phoned it in. I really think that's what it was. Yeah, it could have been. Hmm. Yeah. All right, Victor, you're in control. Um, Let's get you on the board, Victor. Come on now. Well, what's going to do it? Uh, Who said it? (laughs) (laughs) Who said it? Here we go. June 2nd, 2014. Quote, I think the biggest thing with our team is our mental in my opinion, we had more than enough talent to win a championship this year. Thought we just fell short because of the mental things we did wrong. Unquote. 2014. Mm-hmm. June 2nd. Scotty Brooks. Four days before your birthday. Eddie, would you like steal? Uh, no, no, I, I don't have, I don't have more, any more buffer. <laughs> It wasn't well, Scott Brooks. Wasn't Scotty Brooks. Nope. It was Kendrick Perkins. Oh. Kendrick Perkins said that. Remember how he used to talk about the team's mental capacity all the time? Oh, That's right. The toughness is pretty much the only thing that he was good for. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, I do appreciate him for that. But everything else he says is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> all right. Eddie in control. Uh, what have we not done? Have we done, we've done all of these, right? Give me a draft night. Yep. Uh, draft night. Yeah. Okay. Wait, well, I have two points again. Did I get another one? Right? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the, you, the, the, the record, the worst, the blowouts season. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's 20, right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Draft night. All right. Here's your draft night question. Or I guess it's a clue. It's in clue form in the 2014 NBA draft. OKC selected Mitch McGarry with the 21st pick <laughs> and this forward with the 29th pick from Stanford University. Stanford. Uh, man. This is a little bit of a deep cut. I have to admit there are some deep cut questions on here. 
It wasn't. No. I I'm I don't know. I mean, it wasn't Josh Hustis, was it? Josh Hustis is correct. Holy crap! Uh, I knew it was right. I knew that was right because I was, I was like, sitting here like, wait, no, Josh Hustis was yeah. he's we drafted him later. Like, <laughs> yep, same draft as McGarry. I didn't know he went to Stanford. I was just watching highlights uh, that featured him a little bit, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, you got three. Excellent, Eddie. Good job. <laughs> Victor. Um, let's do off the court. Off the court. Russell's right. Russell's. That's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, His autobiography was released in October of 2018, entitled Adams. My Life, Stephen My Adams. Fight. The answer You're is Stephen Adams. You're on the Adams. board, Victor. <laughs> the copy that you left in my apartment is still in my apartment, still unread by me. <laughs> <laughs> but you yeah, listened to the audio book, didn't you? I didn't. No, I haven't. I haven't oh. uh, consumed any of it. It's There's an audio book of that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I got to check that out. And I would imagine Stephen Adams reads it. I don't know that he reads it. I think someone else does. Wow, that sounds very entertaining. You're on the board, Victor, with one score is three to one. Eddie, you're in control. Uh, let's do. <laughs> Who said it? Who said it? April 23rd, 2017. Quote, I don't want nobody to try to split us up. We all one team. Oh, Regardless man, I if I go to the bench, if Steven's on the floor, if I'm off the floor, we in this together. Don't split us up. Unquote. You got it. Mm, I do remember the quote. You've got this. Don't think too hard. Well, <sighs> The problem is, I, w- I was this one where it was uh, they were like it was two people at the podium at the same time because they did that yep. for a long time. And I know that Russ and um, PG went to the podium a lot together, but this was in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was before that. So this would have been Russ only. Who in the world else would they have brought to the podium? I guess it was Russ is my guess. It is Russ. <laughs> Russ is correct. <laughs> That's right. Russ and Steven Adams were at yeah. the podium. And Barry Trammell asked. Oh, uh, I remember that uh, one, too. That's Steven right. Adams, the question. That's yeah. right. I remember that. Yep. I remember that. And he made Steven stop. <laughs> yeah. Which is uh, yep. Kevin did that once to Russ. He, yep. he made him stop. What was the question that he asked? Because I remember Kevin answered it and like he he said like a weird grammar thing, but he kept repeating it in his answer. And I was like, Kevin, if yeah, like that would have been so baller what you just said, but you sounded like a four year old. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't recall that one in particular. This one, Barry Trammell asked Stephen Adams something to the effect of basically, how do you guys deal with Russ being off the floor? You know, how, how are you going to, score points and do anything productive with Russ off the floor. Cause that was Russ's MVP season. And I believe that was post game during one of the playoff games versus the Rockets. Maybe he was up there because they, they did. That was the game that they did the uh, miss free throw. Cause we lost that game. I'm pretty sure. Even though yeah, I think even so. Though yeah. He made yeah. that um, spectacular play. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, how many who said it's do we have left? We have two who said it's left. All right, well, I'll save them. Um, postseason. Postseason. On May 15th, 2011, 
Russell Westbrook recorded his first ever playoff triple double in a game seven against what team? Memphis Grizzlies. You got two, Victor. We were at the game. Yeah. I was there. That is correct. He he had 10 rebounds, 14 assists, and 14 points. Was that the the year that who's the short? There's only like five short good players. Um, Oh, backup point guard. Uh, um, The Spanish guy? No, no, no. The dunker, also dunker. Oh, huh. uh, with the hops. Oh man, what is his name? Oh, oh Nate that Robinson. Larry? Nate Robinson. He's on that team, right? Uh, uh on that Thunder team. I think he was on the 2012 team. Okay. I think Nate was still in Boston at that point. Because that clip I think of when I was thinking of him was him dunking over Shaq. Yeah. <laughs> in their practice. Yeah. Well, and he also won <laughs> I, like I, three I sh- dunk contests or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. He dunked over Dwight Howard in the contest. I remember. Yep. Now he's in the uh, Ice Cube's Big Three League. That's right. And losing yep. to amateur YouTuber boxers. You know who else is in that league that I almost put on here as a question, but I didn't. So I'll just tell you, Perry Jones. Perry Jones plays yeah. in that league too. Yes, I saw. I see him every time they show clips of that. I'm glad that he's still uh, doing something. Still doing things. Eddie, you got four. Victor, you got two. Eddie, you're in Yay. control. Okay. Uh, uh, post season. No, we just did post season, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's do uh, off the court. Off the court. Here we go. From 2009 to 2018, she hosted Thunder Insider on Fox Sports Oklahoma and was the in arena host for all OKC home games during that time. She also taught intro to broadcast writing for two semesters at her alma mater, Oklahoma City University. What is her first name? Uh, That's it. Come on. It's Leslie, right? (laughs) Leslie McCaslin. Did I get it wrong? I got it. Yes, I get it. I'm a steal. Nancy Lieberman. (laughs) It's incorrect. Both you guys. Sorry. No, Nancy. What are you talking about? I don't think Nancy. uh, I don't think Nancy did that. She, I mean, she's only been oh. with the team for like uh, a couple seasons, I think, because she was okay, she was coaching in w, WNBA. It wasn't Leslie McCaslin. Mm-mm. Who in the world was nope. it? I'm gonna feel really her stupid was, now. Her name's Katie Parker, and she what? currently works for the Stockton Kings. That's right. You guys, I mean, she was with the team for a long time. Like she uh, she did Thunder Insider, and she did all like the in arena game stuff. You know. She like covered the OKC blue a little bit too. I, there. I have never even heard her name. How, yeah, me like, how did I just completely miss th- everything? Like I, that blows my mind. Hey. She was, she was the in game. Like she did the interviews and stuff in the middle of the game for all those years. Well, she, uh, she was the in arena host. So she communicated with the crowd quite a bit oh. you know what i mean like that kind of thing okay now, now so stuff I, that we wouldn't know if we didn't have season tickets that's right that's that's just you're just flexing <laughs> your season ticket years that's all okay all right okay I mean, okay Jeremy, i have a cool. feeling you Excellent. guys watched a few of those games on television which she was on as well <laughs> i don't i don't okay. remember right, Jeremy. Him, okay yeah, i don't right. believe you yeah, katie yeah katie parker okay thunder you can you well, she can, went uh, to ocu so if you don't believe me that's even worse i feel like i should have known that all right Victor, you're in control. 
Am I? <laughs> hey, there's still uh, lots of games left to play. Is that what you call this? <laughs> Do you feel it, Josh? Uh, all about the numbers. All about the numbers. Okay, here we go. There have been five players that have recorded at least one triple-double in a Thunder uniform. Oh, fuck. Durant, <laughs> Paul George, Serge Ibaka, and what other player? Do you want me to read it again? Did you hear it all? No, I heard them all. I'm just trying to decide which of these guards. I, I know. I know. Say, say it again. There have been five players right. that have recorded at least one triple-double in a Thunder uh-huh. uniform. Westbrook, Durant, Paul George, Serge Ibaka, and what other player? I know the answer. Um, Reggie Jackson. <laughs> it's the uh, Eddie. Would you like to steal it's the twenty twenty ten game by Shea Gilgis Alexander? Oh. That is correct. Oh, duh. and you even got the numbers right. Yeah, January thirteenth, twenty twenty, against the T Wolves. It's so Yikes. crazy that he did that. Actually, yeah. If I feel like mm-hmm. I got swept under the rug, <laughs> no one talks it about did. it. Serge Ibaka had one for the he Thunder. He had uh, uh, with blocks, perfect right? Perfect game also. Yeah, his was with blocks. Steven, yeah. Steven also, had, also had a perfect had game, right? For the Thunder. Steven Maybe. did have a perfect game. Steve, I know Serge was like 11 for 11, and I think Steven's was... Maybe something close to that, 12 for 12 or 10 for 10 or something. I'm telling you, man, their careers are ridiculously similar. Like, I, It's yeah. kind of uh, like, I don't know, it doesn't seem real. Anyway. Uh, my pick now. Yep. Uh, yep. we've been avoiding this so. category, but I'm going to have to just start using a draft night. Draft night. Here we go. On draft night in 2016, Oklahoma city traded Serge Ibaka for Victor Oladipo, the rights to DeMontis Sabonis and this player who only recorded three games with the thunder. Ersan Ilyasova. Ersan Ilyasova is correct. Yeah. Didn't we also get Doug McDermott in that trade? No, he came over in the... Uh, um, Did we trade Ilyasova for him? No, I think that he was part of the Taj Gibson trade, if I'm not mm. mistaken. That trade that brought... Which I think was the Ennis Cantor Yes, trade. that's right. That's right. Cantor yeah. and McBuckets. Uh, side note, Steven's perfect game is also 11 of 11. That man just... Oh, cool. <laughs> There's, this is, we're, it's a simulation, man. We're living in a simulation. <laughs> All right. Uh, Eddie does have the lead by five points. It's six to one, but Victor, you can still catch up. Still a lot of game to play. How many, how many uh, okay. questions are left? Maybe we need to like start, we need to like up the ante and double the point totals or something. <laughs> I know two. what I'm going to do to win. <laughs> <laughs> two who said it's two draft nights, three postseasons, two all about the numbers and two off the courts. So still points out there. So there's 11, 11, 11 questions left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's time off the court. Off the court. Both his parents were all American athletes at New Mexico State but he chose to attend college in Boulder, Colorado. Okay. <laughs> um, the problem is now I have a thought loop of my, locked because that's where Chauncey Billups went to school. 
So now oh, I, really? I have to erase he, him from my head while I continue to try and think about Thunder players, but he's the only person I can think of. Um, Boulder, Colorado. Man, this, I, I don't, I can't think, I don't, I can't think of who this is. I'm trying to think who, who? it's going to be. Like what players have we had that have had all two all American athlete parents? I feel like that's the thing that is kind of significant. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, no, it's not. Well, uh, I'm still saying it. Jeremy Grant. Eddie, would you like to steal? Uh, um, it's probably Byron Mullen. <laughs> I'm serious. It uh, probably I'm, really is Byron Mullen. I'm not going to try, but if that's it, I'm going to be upset. Wait, is that what you're going no, with? No, no, I'm Sorry. not. I'm not. I'm not. No, oh, okay, no risk. What's the answer? Uh, it's our beloved Andre Robertson. Oh, okay. I should have. I, yeah, that's okay. right. Okay. I remember. I know okay. that he was in Colorado. I knew that I, he was in Colorado. I remember I that now. I remember the Colorado part. Apologies, Dre. Apologies. Does he still play? Is he still in Dre, Brooklyn? Guys. Did they sign him again? You know, know, he he was only in Brooklyn. I, I actually looked this up, like preparing for this. He, I think he only played like two games for them and he was on contract for like 10 days. It was one of those kind of things. Mm. Yeah. All right. There's only one other question and off the court, by the he, way, he, I'll let you guys know when there's Memphis. one other. They should sign him in Memphis. I'm all for Andre Robertson continuing to play in the NBA. Uh, is it my, turn? My, my turn now? Yeah. It is. Uh, let's do postseason. Post season. Here we go. In game seven versus the Rockets in the bubble playoffs, the Thunders started Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Lou Dort, Steven Adams, and this player. Uh, game seven. Hold on. Brain's chugging away. Uh, we didn't start Schroeder, did we? I don't think so. Did we start Moose? I'm going to guess Moose, but that's probably not right. Victor, would you like to steal? Uh, this is like recent. Why do I not remember this? Because it's hard. <laughs> you guys, if you guys, yeah, if you get this wrong, Victor, both of you guys are going to be kicking yourself. So hold on. Danilo Say Gallinari. the four that you said already. I'm already guessing Danilo Gallinari. Gallinari is correct. Who yes. did you list? Thank you. I, I guess I did not even listen to who you listed. <laughs> <laughs> who did you Chris list? Chris Paul, Shea, Lou Dort, Steven Adams. Man, I hate, I, this is. <laughs> whatever i that's an interesting one because to, to me that seems pretty easy it but was I could so see why easy i just didn't pay attention yeah. like i wasn't listening <laughs> all i remember is schroeder was still with his wife who had a kid right or was uh, he back uh, he, he came back like uh, with yeah, like one back, or two yeah. games left in the the play-in games yeah. or whatever the that was the game I, that lou Dort scored 30 yeah right and he got blocked by Harden. i was I knew that that lineup had changed. Yeah, I thought I that maybe we had, we, tried we had Baisley. Yeah, I thought we had tried something different at that point. Yeah, but I, I mean, tried Baisley or something like that. Th- that was obvious. Like, I feel like that should have been one of your sample <laughs> questions, Jeremy. Like, I just didn't pay attention. 
<laughs> all right. You have two uh, now, Let's right? get rid of off the court. Yeah. Let's get rid of off the court. All right. This is the final off the court question. Here we go. What former Thunder player is currently the general manager for the Oklahoma City Blue? Royal Ivy. Eddie, would you like to steal? Nazi uh, Muhammad. Oh, man. It is Nazi Muhammad. Oh, it is. We just talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Maynard is an assistant coach with them. I don't know what uh, Royal Ivy is doing these I days. Think he's, by the way. Uh, he, 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 he was on our, our coaching staff, right? Yeah, he was. That's why I, I made an ass out of you and me. <laughs> <laughs> he is. All uh, right. Uh, do, do, do. Oh, he's an assistant coach for the Nets. Oh, Royale. Man, everyone. Is he? Yes. Really? Oh, he's wow. just. That's crazy. Uh, Kevin is. He just won't let us have things. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh me me all yep, about me you're in control uh draft night draft night here we go this point guard was selected by okc in 2011 with the 24th pick from boston college ridge jackson oh yeah i knew that one yep cool that is that. correct. <laughs> Why'd you give me eight? You were, you just had seven, right? You got Nazi oh, Muhammad. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, I will do. Uh, who said it? Who said it? Here we go. February eleventh, two thousand seventeen. Quote: Certain guys you share more history with. And Kevin, I've probably shared more history than anybody else. Unquote. Say it again. Uh, the date is February 11th, 2017. Quote, okay. certain Seven. guys you share more history with. And Kevin, I've probably shared more history than anybody else. Unquote. I have to guess Russell, but I don't know who else it would be. Eddie, would you like to it steal? It has to be Nick Carlson if it's not Russ. It oh, is from Nick the, Carlson. From the, from the retirement. No, actually, this was Kevin Durant's first return game with uh, the Golden State Warriors. And remember, they did like a ESPN did a big special on it and interviewed some Thunder players. And that was one of the things that Nick Carlson. He said. still played for us that season, right? Or did he, had he retired? Yeah. yeah. He, he was with the Thunder for, I think, two seasons after Kevin left. Yeah, that 20, Maybe three, actually. That 2018 it's season. Probably just two. Probably just two. Because after that, Hami. Because <laughs> it was just Russell and then it was just Hami. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Eddie. Uh... So at this point, Victor has to win all the points to tie me. I'm ready. Or if I Uh, steal and I get it wrong, then that that changes it a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to go all about numbers. I'm going to try to to, uh, Damian Lillard Lillard this and (laughs) put it away. All right, here we go. 
Who holds the Thunder record for highest average of steals per game in a regular season? Oh, man. I, I don't think that it's Russ, even though he did average like two steals. Um, he was he was really close to leading the league one of those seasons. I don't think. Is there, sorry, is the stat in a season in one Thunder season? It's in a regular season. Yeah. Highest average of steals per game in a regular season. So single season, highest average for steals. So you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, uh, this is only Thunder history. Just to be correct, you are not including Sonics in this. No, no. Okay. Yeah. Just Thunder stuff. Oh, man. Yeah. Otherwise, I believe Gary Payton's pretty high on that yeah. list. But I, I mean, think he probably holds the record. I, yeah. Uh, Man, I don't think that it's. Is it Tabo? Victor, would you like to steal? Yeah, what do I got to lose? Uh, Chris Paul. Incorrect. It's actually Paul George. Oh, Paul George. He averaged 2.12 steals per that. game in the 2018. That was the when he was third in the that MVP. Was MVPG. Yep. <laughs> he just <laughs> took your. I'll do it. I'll take the point away. Yep. Uh, Russ is second on that list, obviously. All right. Uh, Victor, I think. Uh, Victor. Yeah. Since I, I can do, still lose. Uh, I'm going to be, I'm just going to force uh, a guess now every time if a steal, if it's possible. <laughs> Postseason. Postseason. All right, here we go. What player has the record for most made three pointers in the postseason in OKC history? In a single postseason? No, in, in total. In OKC okay, history. The whole, total. The yeah. full, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, most made three pointers in postseason. Okay. In the postseason, most made threes. Postseason, most made threes. Uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is correct with yeah. 184. Russ is second with 140. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah, I bet and I bet I bet <laughs> I bet Russ took about 200 more than Kevin did. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, that might be true. Uh, I mean I mean Russ did play a lot more Thunder postseason games than Kevin did. Not a whole lot, but a, a pretty significant amount, I think. Actually, I'm not I don't know. Cuz well, he he paid six, I think, in 2017 against the Rockets. The next five, season, he played six against the Jazz. Five, six, and then five, so that's an extra 16. But there was the, the season that Russ got hurt, in which Kevin played the final f- uh, four games of the Rockets series and then five games against Memphis. So, yeah, Russ yeah, Russell's the lead, right, but yeah. like only by five, I think. Yeah. Uh, did we, was that a postseason or all about numbers? Uh, that was postseason. Okay. So we're down to one of each of these four. Uh, uh yeah, yeah. Well, we're, yeah, we're, yeah. Let me go with, uh, the numbers then. All right. This is the final all about the numbers question. Six players have recorded 60 or more double doubles in a thunder uniform. Name five of those players. Oh, brother. Well, Russell, 
Kevin, mm-hmm. Serge. Mm-hmm. Well, this is silly. This is a silly question, Jeremy, because we already answered a question about the five triple doubles in in. Uh, uh, these are double doubles, Eddie. These are different. But they, it's a, it, a all double, all triple doubles are double doubles. So it's just those five people: uh, Shay, Russ, Kevin, uh, Serge, and whoa, 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 um, but Eddie, Paul George. Eddie, Eddie, do you? All right. Do you want? Do you want me to read the question again? Say it again. Say <laughs> I don't it, think you got the question. I, did, I clearly didn't say it again. Yeah. Six players have recorded 60 oh. or more double doubles in a Thunder uniform. I was like, wait a bit, Eddie. How is this the same? No, I, 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 I missed the 60 part. That was the, the crucial yeah. thing in the sentence. 60 or yeah, more double doubles in a single season? Yeah. No, just in no, total. Just in a Thunder uniform. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Russ, Kevin, um, I, I have to say Serge. And I think by extension, I have to say Steven. And then Nick. And that is correct. That's right. Those are the top five. Actually, can you name number six? Uh, 60 or more double doubles. Number six. Who else could have done that? Not James. Um, yeah, he didn't have enough games. Well, no he had enough games, games, but I don't think, I mean, he didn't have, he didn't play enough minutes and he wasn't as big of a distributor back then. Although he, he did assist well, yeah. to, to Nick quite a lot. Who was the sixth? It, I mean, Paul George is the obvious guess, but like, I don't really think it is Paul George. It's actually Ennis Cantor. Oh, he had six. Duh. The okay, I, offensive I rebounding him, machine. I thought it was dumb. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. I'm going to take well, a point off gonna... just for not understanding the question to, to begin with. Because <laughs> that was embarrassing. <laughs> uh, uh, what are we out of? What? So we're, we're, we're left we're... with who said it draft night and postseason. There's one each. Okay. Yep. Who said that it? That is correct. Who said it? March 17th, 2010. Quote, we still have another year under our rookie contract. As far as contracts, I have an agent who's going to take care of that, and that's his job to focus on what would be the best plan for myself or what KD's agent is going to do. So, I mean, it's up to us to do our job, and that's play basketball, unquote. What? I think I know the answer, and I think this is a a bit of a trick question. You want me to read it again? Yeah. So it's March 17th, 2010. Quote, we still have another year under our rookie contract. As far as contracts, I have an agent who's going to take care of that, and that's his job to focus on what would be the best plan for myself or what KD's agent is going to do. So, I mean, it's up to us to do our job, and that's play basketball. Unquote. (laughs) I'm not saying I'm stumped. I'm just saying that in my head, there's a lot of options. Is it Jeff Green? Jeff Green is That's correct. That's what I was going to guess. Right. Yeah. I'm glad you got it. Yep. Yeah. The yep. clue there was that he was answering a question about, you know, what are you and are you and Kevin feeling the pressure because your rookie contracts are about to be up. I was like, who else was drafted the same year as Kevin? And I was like, that has to be Jeff Green. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ke- Kevin exactly actually, right. Kevin actually that signed one. his extension that off season, that off season. I don't know what, I don't mm-hmm. know what Jeff Green did. 
because we traded him the next season. Yeah, the very I can't remember, honestly. I mean, the Celtics signed him when they got him. So yeah, maybe his contract was expiring. That's a good question, actually. I'm not sure. All right, we got two questions left. Draft, we got a draft night. night and a post season. All right, here's your draft night question or clue, I should say. Josh Giddy isn't the only player selected by OKC who previously played for the Adelaide 36ers. This what? player was a 36er for one season before OKC selected him with the 21st pick in 2017. Terrence Ferguson. Oh. Yeah. Terrence Ferguson is correct. That's right. Oh, T-Ferg, man. T-Ferg. I, I haven't thought about him. I know. I was watching uh, a highlights of the greatest greatest moments of the decade for the Thunder, and all of the dunks that he did, like all of them, were in the list. But And I saw that first one, and they were talking about him, and he was doing that windmill dunk against the Lakers, and I was like, that dunk extended his career three years. That dunk. True. That dunk. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. If he hadn't dunked the ball like that, he would have been out of the league after that season. <laughs> yeah. I almost said it's probably true while my mind knows it's definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looking at his uh like his activity the past year, uh he he may be out of the NBA. He may like go over to overseas and play. Well, I'm gonna, it doesn't I'm look promising still for him. hold out hope that he'll have a, a Cameron Payne resurgence yeah. and yeah, that, that would be Jeremy nice. Lamb made a really little cool. career for himself. So, you know, mm-hmm. he's not going to I don't want him to Samaj Christian himself. That's what I'm saying. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Samaj. All right. All right, Victor, we're in, we're in garbage time, but there's still there's still a point up for grabs. Hey, Here hey, is hey, the hey, final hey. Got garbage time. <laughs> garbage time made campaign in Ish Smith. It's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the Thunder were all garbage time this last season. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's the final question. In the 2016 Western Conference Finals, the Warriors famously came back from a 3-1 deficit on the Thunder. They obviously won games 5, 6, and 7, but what other game did they win? This one's multiple choice, which is nice. Yeah, you got uh, four four choices. Yeah, I just don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Like... Hopefully the listeners to the pod remember how I feel about trauma and the way that I process it. (laughs) (laughs) I just forget. Um, (laughs) um, If I remember correctly, we won game one because I was pretty stoked and I was pretty, I, I gloated a lot about it. So I feel like it was either two or three that we lost. So I'm going to say we lost game two. Yep. That is yeah. correct. Yeah. Yep. Game game two at Oracle, and we lost a bad one eighteen to ninety one. Yeah. But no one expected us to win game one, so we yeah. were already on a high. We were ready to just bring it back to OKC at that point. See, finish see, strong, kids, Victor. You, yeah, kids, you just gotta finish strong, just like Mister Janor always says. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, finish strong, and the good the good news is that no one had heard because we know we didn't say it. But that last question was worth twelve points. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's right i do i was like i uh, do contend that the uh games three and four of that series were were perhaps the peak the, the pinnacle of of the thunder, thunder basketball. basketball that we've ever seen yeah it's a shame man it 
hurts every time I think good. about it. But I love watching those games. That and I gotta say, just amazing. Um, They're amazing. It's amazing. That Malice Doc, that Malice Doc did kind of give me some catharsis for different sports franchises. Yeah, for sure. Of, no, of feeling like things were taken from them. Yeah, I mean, people always talk about like the, they're going to make the thirty for thirty about the Thunder. They will. Someone will make a documentary at some point in the future, probably once everyone is retired and it will probably really sting a lot to watch it. But like, that's a whole series of documentaries. <laughs> everyone, everyone probably has one. I mean, I was actually thinking about this cause I watched, I was watching a lot of highlights last night and I watched the, the recent last, this, this last finals highlights and I hadn't watched the like the little mini movie they make, you know? Um, yeah. And I was like, this is the first championship that Milwaukee has won in 50 years. Like they showed, they showed the post game, uh, interview in the locker room of Kareem and Oscar Robertson, like these right. young dudes that had never won anything. And they're what they're sitting there talking about a championship. And then 50 years later, Giannis wins it again. And they're, they're both in the arena. And I'm just like, you know, Cleveland went through a big drought. The Warriors went through a big drought. I mean, every team that won a championship in the last decade, with the exception of the Spurs and the Heat and the Mavs, were all fresh. It was like a very unknown experience. So it's true. We will get that glory. It will happen. It may not happen while everyone is alive still, but it's going to happen. You know, it's just inevitable. We may not live to see our glory. Um, <laughs> uh, I, you aren't my students because it happens every day, all the time. Just small things. I feel like Will Ferrell after he got shot the second time. <laughs> he got every shoot, every shooting in that movie. <laughs> Those guns were the most unrealistic looking guns I've ever seen in a movie. Also, it was just, they were terrible. Jeremy, Jeremy, is there, are there masterclasses on getting shot for things? Because all I'm saying is they just looked offended that they were shot instead of like being in pain. They're like, what? (laughs) You shot me. That was said. Man. Oh goodness. Okay, so uh that was really fun, Jeremy. I'm glad that we did that. Yep, I want to do another one. I would like I to do, do more. One. Um yep. Oh yeah, that was yep. that was a blast. Jeremy, that was excellent. I want to do it again. I mean, I'm I'm honestly surprised that I remembered some of those. I figured you were going to pull in some I'm not. some really deep cuts that I'm like, I don't like there was very little inf- info in there about like pre 2010-ish Thunder. And I did. I mean, I was yeah. not a fan at that point. I did not watch, and I'm not aware of like all those players that played on the team when they first came to Oklahoma City and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I have uh, I have some stipulations, not stipulations, but things I think that could make it more interesting. As far as uh, us, the players, uh, Eddie and I, I think that the next time we do it, we should continue the same format, and I think that each of us should get to have just one roster in front of our face. Like we pick a season to have the full roster in front of our face. I, yeah, I, I even thought about like reading through every player that's ever played for the thunder last night. I was like, <laughs> I should just, just to see a name, just to see know? the names and know that they play for the thunder. 
gonna pick one, like one roster and one draft night, because then you can start. I feel like you can get to most things. Um, yeah, if you have like a reference point. Yeah, exactly. Because honestly, yeah. the that Indiana Pacers trade. I was like, I know it happened, but I don't remember at all who was in it. So you guys were like, wasn't McDermott in? And I'm like, see, I don't know. I don't know any of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys liked it. I'm glad you indulged me because I enjoy doing this kind of thing. For years, yep. I would make like a fun Christmas trivia game for my family to play on Christmas Eve every year. And it was always fun. I don't know why. I, I like facts. I like uh little niche nuggets of information, especially with something specific like the thunder. So you'd, right. you'd, yeah, so it was you'd cool. be perfect as Charlie, Jeremy. That's all you I'm would. saying. <laughs> as soon as I saw him, I was like, that's the role that I want to see Jeremy play. Uh, but then he I got mean, shot and I was like, wait, that's yeah. not nice. <laughs> oh no, no, no. I filmmakers love to kill me. I've died in so many different things. <laughs> well, his, Honestly, he, also, he also got shot the best. I got to say he got, yeah, he, <laughs> he had the got, best uh, death. I mean, it was ominous. <laughs> they went to the wide shot, which is smart. It played well. It played yeah, well. Exactly. <laughs> and then the pan out over the lake, like <laughs> uh, it was like, all, it, was it was like, like a, a computer program wrote the screenplay for that movie. <laughs> like, I yeah. wanted there to be a narrator and that's the last we'll ever hear of him. Like it just be like Ron Howard. <laughs> and, then he, and then he was gone. Like, oh, uh, it was fun. It was really fun. I've actually, this is a fun show. I, I've been having this uh, this idea lately that I'd like to. I want to make some sort of long form, uh, like historical narrative of the first era of Thunder basketball. Something that consolidates everything from the beginning to the team moving, like to leading up to the team moving to the draft picks, all of the injuries, like all of the stuff with like as much detailed and deep information as I could find. I don't know exactly how or, or like what format I want to do that in, but you guys would be a perfect uh, resource and help uh, if we were to do something like that, but it's yeah, tough. I know we're it. all, I like we're that. all busy doing other things, but yeah, someone needs have to, you, to, you needs the, to be the, the storyteller uh, here. We got to have the, we got to, yeah. we got to continue the history. Like I don't want these young thunder fans growing up thinking that Shea Gilgis Alexander is the best ever. <laughs> Mag and mighty. No, you guys didn't. You weren't there. You weren't in the arena when that game seven, you didn't get that headache <laughs> that I got. <laughs> oh man. I've never yelled so much. Nope. That was a grand old time pals. It was all of it. Mm -hmm. Every bit of it. Absolutely. What are we going to do next week? Right, guys. Or no, I guess two weeks from now. You're well, next week actually is a uh, labor day. So are you doing any yeah, sort of next week's out for me? It's all for you. I don't know. I don't know. I have tentative plans. If I don't have anything that I'm totally down to record. And it's a possibility, even if I have plans, I will probably still be around Sunday, maybe to record. So we'll see either or what, what are you doing next week? Anything uh, is, is a super secret, Jeremy? 
Uh, no, it's not a secret. Uh, Julie and I are going to Las Vegas, and we're actually going to have some friends watch our dogs. And this is going to be like the first time we've been without our dogs like forever, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but it's gonna be I'm a big deal. excited <laughs> not being around them. But yeah, we're going to go to some shows and eat some food cool. and probably lose some money, that kind of thing. That's what you do. I like it. Should be fun. So for, should for be fun. then the next time we record, whenever that shall be, what are we, what's our plan? Are we going to do, I mean, if that's two weeks minimum that'll put us at the second week of september we'll be two weeks out from preseason at that point oh man that's crazy yeah, we probably have time we can do to do another challenge one more challenge i think that's probably about it do we want yeah, to do, we we do music i mean yeah i was gonna say let's do a music challenge uh you know um, donda just dropped today i don't know that i necessarily we want to make that a part of this but i'm definitely gonna be listening to it just, immediately so can we can we just do a kanye challenge uh, I mean, like just pick a Kanye album, pick three Kanye albums. <laughs> I mean, and like two, 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 what about two, two Kanye albums? I mean, I've Donda and then two others listened to all of them. No, no, I, I'm saying if we did like, why don't we, oh my goodness. Why don't we do <laughs> college dropout and Donda? <laughs> talk, <laughs> talk about the journey. <laughs> Yeah, where, exactly. Where, uh, where we started and where we are. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm down. This That'd is be how fun. it started. This is how it's going. Yeah, that would be fun. That's yeah, sad, I'm maybe, but fun for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, yeah, I'm into it. Let's do it. We'll listen to Kanye, uh, who I th- is trying to change his name to Yay, right? I read it that. is actually. Yeah, I think it's Yay. It's going to be Yay. He's legally changing it. I'm down with that. Is he dropping the West too? Is it just, I, I think that he's even got lyrics in one of these songs that that says like North, you don't need a last name. So like oh, uh, he's dang. going the whole way. He's going the whole way. Mm. All right. I'm, I'm here for it as much as a, a person can be there for it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we'll talk about some Kanye next time. Hope maybe there'll be a couple other developments in the NBA by then maybe not i don't know we'll see i guess um shout out to ronda tracing that chip again (laughs) (laughs) wait what uh race on rondo oh yes that's right he signed with Lakers. it's gonna be interesting last time last time they they were on the court with russ uh russ and rondo they did not like each other at all so all I'm yeah. saying is they were talking about building that Pacers team. And I was like, how did you not know you were making a powder keg? And I feel the same way about this Lakers team. It is <laughs> so interesting. The dynamic of this team is so interesting to me. Yeah. One of the more interesting teams I've ever seen, I think. Mm-hmm. It's, it could be amazing. It's going to be, it's gonna be interesting. spectacularly explode. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I honestly legitimately uh, yes. am probably more excited about watching the Lakers than I am the Thunder this season. Like, not no it's joke. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm excited okay. to see the young guys, but this man, I feel like this is an event. Like, you got, you have to watch this team. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's all I got. Mm-hmm. All right. And with that, thanks so much for listening to Thunder Moneyball podcast. Follow us on social media. Instagram, Twitter at podcast underscore thunder. Enjoy your life, guys. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.